0: Remain standing for prayer, if you would. So, uh, you know, Brandon came up to me beforehand and said, you know, we had some people. And not only is it summertime, vacation time, all that, but then people, you know, um, not feeling well at different times and things like that. And he's like, man, I don't know even know how it's going to go today and uh... so the way you cover over that is by singing my favorite song of all time and that's the blood will never lose its power and you know i don't know how many of you ever followed andre crouch back in the day but you know he did a live in london album he did a live and that gives me an idea about the next time we do that song but you and I, we'll, we'll get together we'll talk about that and uh... huh no we're not going to london <laughs> Uh, unless we do it virtually, and uh, we could do that i guess okay. so so we 've got a post pandemic spiritual recovery act i haven 't talked about this a whole lot, but we do have a post pandemic spiritual recovery act now. I am fully vaccinated, so don't at me, bro. But it's not that. That's not it. Uh, but don't at me, bro, okay? Uh, but uh, post-pandemic Spiritual Recovery Act is, number one, we're getting all of our adult classes up and going. So a lot of, we ha- I think two of them are going right now. So we have, you know, numbers of adults in there that will be here in the next service. And then some of you in here will be in adult class, the service after this one. And so, um, so the thing that, I, you know, I want to encourage people... Uh, because some of those adult classes either don't meet every week or maybe some of you are not in one, a- attend one service and serve, serve the next, serve another one, or come and serve at the first service and attend the next. And we had a you know, really neat, Tom Brockmeyer was telling me last week, three guys just came up out of the blue and said, hey, how can I help? Wow. And that is so good because we we do as we get going again need more help in hospitality and parking and ushering and everything, you know, trying to get back up as we have not done it before and uh before this time, you know, since the pandemic. So so we're looking forward to doing that. Uh we've got uh, we've got, you know, other uh, changes that will be made uh, as uh, Josh transitions to a new role as a Navy chaplain. And his class, uh, I think, is going to be probably starting September 19th. Uh, Will Harris is going to go to every week for his class step by step. And then the bridge probably will kind of absorb some of the firm foundations group or wherever they want to go. And so we got some exciting changes coming up. And the last thing, harvest teams. So harvest teams is our small groups focused on evangelism, evangelistic activity. So it is especially for those of you that may feel like you're not really good at evangelism, not evangelist at heart. So they're small groups, 10 to 12 people, and meet every month. And just, just, just talk about who is in your orbit, who is in your world. Not, not to necessarily add evangel- not to go out and evangelize, you know, cold turkey, but to simply add evangelism to your life as it is. And so, so we've got, latest report I heard, I think over the last couple of weeks, probably more than 60 people have met in the particular groups that we're meeting, and uh, we're now up to, I think, uh, what was the number, we're up to 206 mm-hmm. family and friends who are being prayed for. Yeah. So you get in these groups, they meet once a month, become part of their text group uh, and you can text each other and say, hey, I'm, you know, having lunch with so-and-so, you guys pray, maybe God open a door, uh, that type of thing. So I, I, I'm really, you know, praise the Lord, I'm excited about that, hope that you'll get involved in that. And, uh, you know, the other thing that that is odd that we haven't gotten up to speed, so we don't really have ushers back, and so we haven't really passed the plates, and we do have offering boxes on the wall here and also out in the lobby. And probably, I don't know, maybe now 40% of our offering comes in that way. Most of it comes in online. But since we're not passing a plate to take up the offering, then we haven't been praying for it. You know, that because that typically is what we do on a Sunday. So, so go ahead and bump elbows with your neighbor. And let's, uh, let's get back to, uh, I don't know, sanctified tradition, I guess I'd say. Father, we come before you today. Lord, I thank you. For all that you're doing in your people's lives this summer, Lord, and to prepare us to get us ready for what you would have to do. Lord, we trust, we hope, we pray, we trust that as the medical conditions get under control as we go on, then, Lord, this can be a fruitful fall for the gospel. And if they do not get under control, then all the more reason for this to be a fruitful fall for the gospel. And so, Lord, we want to prepare ourselves now. We ask that, uh, Lord, you would be preparing our hearts. We pray that you would prepare us for the opportunities of ministry. I ask that you'd bless every person who's going to give today or give this week in support of the ministries of this church and the ministry they have through this church. I ask that you would continue to be blessing them, Lord, as we go on together. For we ask it in Jesus' precious and powerful name, Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated in the Lord's presence. If you have your Bible, if you turn to the last book and the last chapter of the Bible, and you know some Christians don't even believe in the rapture, and by now in Revelation, however, we've seen a rapture four times. Now, they've not all been the rapture of the church. So some of them have been actually, you know, raptures of of uh, tribulation saints mid-trip rapture and post-trip rapture but there are four pictures of the second coming in the bible so actually we've seen the rapture four times so let's just start our final flyover at that spot revelation four to seven there was a picture of the second coming under the seven seals and a statement of the rapture of tribulation saints at chapter seven verse 14 and then chapters 8 to 11, a picture of the second coming under seven trumpets and a description of the rapture of the two witnesses in chapter 11, verse 12. And then 12 to 14, a picture of the seven angels and another picture of the rapture of tribulation saints, chapter 14, verse 16. And then finally, chapters 15 to 19, a picture of the seven vials and the statement about those who have been called up to the marriage supper of the lamb in chapter 19 verse 9 so in god's calendar app if if you could look at god's iphone <clears throat> because he would not have an android and you could pull up his calendar app then here's what you would see in terms of coming events The rapture of John the Apostle in chapter 4, verse 1 represented our rapture, the rapture of us, church-age saints. So after the rapture, we next see the tribulation saints. The tribulation four times in those chapters 6 through 18. The next event we come across is the second coming in chapter 19. And then finally, we saw the millennium last time in... Uh, time before last in chapter 20 and the new earth the new jerusalem in chapter 21 so what is the backstory to the marvelous things that we see now in chapter 22 look on your handout at first corinthians 15 beginning verse 24 then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up christ shall have delivered up the kingdom to god even the father when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, for he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith, All things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. So here's our thesis. For today's study, when you get saved, you are caught up into something beyond you. Because you are caught up into a cosmic relationship between the Father and the Son. There is a dynamic love relationship between Father and Son because God is love. So when you get saved by being born again, you are caught up into that. So families exist. Because in their ideal state, they picture the relationships which already exist within the Trinity. Within God as the creator of the universe. And since the fall of Lucifer, the Father has placed all things under the Son. Now this is hard for us to grasp because being human beings, we tend to think you know, in a binary way. It's either on or off, black or white, and, and, and in a linear fashion. And no one thinks two thoughts simultaneously. I mean, even if you're schizophrenic, you don't think those things simultaneously, but you think multiple things at different times. So, so, let me give you something today. This is, I'm gonna give you a few things today. This is gonna be like money out of the armored truck. You know how when you're following an armored truck on the highway and the doors fly open? And a bag drops out, and money just goes flying everywhere. You know, it's an unintended blessing, right? Is that what you would call it? Unintended blessing. You stop your car, and you can get a pack of those bills, and you can say, man, I can go out to eat today and have a good time. Okay, well, I understand I am not a good preacher. And the reason I'm, I'm, you know, one of the reasons I'm not a good preacher is that a lot of times I get so excited about preaching or the passage I'm preaching about that some of what I give you is like, like money falling out of the back of the armored truck. And I know that good, good preaching, good homiletical instruction might say, I know some people who say you should only communicate one thing. Every time you preach, you just communicate one thing. And I'm like, man, how can I do that? I will lose all the ADHD people. I'll lose all the ADHD people in my congregation. I just, I mean, I can't do that. I mean, then I would kind of have a dumbed-down group that can only handle one. You know, that's like going out to dinner and there's only one thing on the plate, and that's all you eat. I can't understand that. So, i but I do know that it's... You know, it's sometimes it's it's like coming in and, and okay, here, let me give you some money out the back of the armored truck right now. Let me give you something on the names of God. Because being God means that Elohim stands outside of time and creation. And time and creation exists only within himself. That's one of his three primary names. Second one, Jehovah means that God appears to the people he has created in his image. He manifests himself in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord, obviously uh, Jesus Christ. And third, it means the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is available to execute his will as Lord, Adonai, through imperfect human beings. So, within the nature of the one true God, there are three eternal persons in divine relationship. The Son brings all things under subjection to Himself, which He does in His millennial reign, which we saw in chapter 20. Now wait, because when you stop and think about it, that dispensation, the millennium, will prove that the problem is not God's provision Because the curse is removed from earth's environment. Hereditary influences, bad influences, are removed through access to the tree of life. And the devil is removed and locked in the abyss. And Jesus himself reigns for a thousand years. And at the end, he does not fail. But finally, the last proof has been given. Humanity fails even with perfect provision And Satan finds rebels at the end, willing to follow him and overthrow the rule of God. Then comes the end, as we saw at the close of chapter 20, and Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15, chapter 21 described our eternal abode. And now chapter 22 describes the eternal state after the kingdom is delivered over to the Father. The Son hands the Father a perfect world because the last enemy, which is death, has now been destroyed. Now wait, because that's our first point for study. Destroying death as the last enemy does not mean that hell ceases to exist. But it does mean that the entrance is finally sealed. The entrance is fully sealed because every soul's fate is sealed. So the father handed the, the, the kingdom over to the son in history. And the defeat of Satan and the redemption of humanity takes place there. And then the son hands it back to the father in eternity. Death is destroyed. And now God has accomplished everything himself in all dimensions. Even in our four spatial Time-limited dimensions. I mean, only a God who is God could do that. And I know all the cult groups of Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and others say, well, how could God ever come and limit himself to this and that? Well, you know, my God is so much God, he can do that and still be God. So I don't know, your God is kind of small. My God is really big. So now God can be all and in all, and that sounds supremely grandiose, so what exactly does that mean? Look at verse 1 of Revelation uh, 21, and I saw new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea, and the Creator uncreates the creation. Of this heaven and earth, so that sin, which has been inserted by Lucifer's, Lucifer's fall, is finally abolished. Sin is systemic. So, creation is going to have to be rebooted. Particularly, humanity will have to be rebooted uh, because sin is systemic. And I know that, you know, we, again, we are good Romans. We think in our Roman mindset as Americans, that we can always solve the issues of systemic sin in our society. Well, good luck with that, because until Jesus gets back, that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't make progress. That doesn't mean we should, should not solve the things that we can solve. But it will not be done till Jesus gets back here. So there's a new heaven and a new earth that was created, in um, uh, uh, you know and created recreated in the way that it was intended originally to stay, so we 've worked our way back now to Genesis one verse one, Satan who fell during the gap between verses 1 and 2 in Genesis 1, does not thwart God's original purpose and plan. And the Bible now comes full circle to show you what that means. And this is our second point for study. Everything from Genesis 1 verse 2 through Revelation chapter 20 exists because of sin. And this shows how absolutely holy God is. And that shows you why God is the most humble being in the universe that all of this could happen for so long a time and he allows it and it happens because of that simple three-letter word sin so In chapter 21, God gives us a taste of the new heaven. We couldn't bear seeing everything, so he just shows us the capital. A capital city is where the governing administration of a kingdom works, and in this case, it's not the capital of a country, but of the cosmos. And to give us a feel of the country, John sees the capital come down. Look at verse 2, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her her husband Nimrod assembled humanity in a city and he built a tower in order to try and call down alien assistance now there's a descending city to provide divine rule and what John is describing is nothing short of spectacular I mean there are jewels Listed here in this chapter, and you know how we are, as you know, we have again, we have that Roman mindset. We want to be able to take each jewel and we want to bring up a picture of it. We want to go ogle it. We want to go ogle it on the internet and bring up a picture of everyone, but there's some jewels here that humans have never seen before, and precious stones that you have seen but haven't seen like this. Poor Hemplo. Many of you, how many of you have ever seen a pearl? 216 feet high that could be carved into a single gate for people to enter. Now, if you like seafood, you're saying, man, I wish that Papa Doe's sold that oyster. I wish they sold that oyster at Papa Doe's. But this is how an unfallen creation would have looked The city is the centerpiece of the planet because it's the centerpiece of the cosmos. So let's pick it up now where we dropped it off last time in chapter 22. Will heaven be as good as Silver Dollar City at Christmas? Yes, it will, because there are five ministries for the saints in eternity. Anybody want to hear this? Just say, I want God glorified, Alan. I want the saints edified, Alan because I want the devil to be terrified, Alan. So first off, notice if you will, this is number one. There is divine satisfaction as purity is restored. Verse 1 of chapter 22, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, not like the floods going through Europe and uh, Arizona and, and other places, out of, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. More proofs all throughout the Bible of the deity of Christ. How could you miss it? I mean, here is a shared throne between God and Jesus. We know that water is needed for both the origin and the sustenance of biological life. So the river of life starts right there. But that's not all because second, second number two, there is distinct sufficiency as paradise is restored. Verse two, in the midst of the street of it on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now that's kind of crazy because it doesn't talk about any other trees, any other fruits, but it talks about this one tree which is a species, apparently, because there are many of them, so it's not just like one tree, it's this one species of tree. And we go all the way back now to the Garden of Eden, and after they fell, God did not allow Adam and Eve to eat of this tree of life. They followed Satan's rebellion in eating of the tree of the knowledge of both good and evil. And the reason God prevented the, the way to the tree of life till he removed it from this planet is because had they eaten, they would have been confirmed in their sin and in their unrighteousness. And they would have at that point been just like the angels which fell. Immortal beings, eternally fallen that was not god had a plan of redemption in mind and so this is why god can redeem humanity because he barred adam and eve in their fallen state from access to the tree of life and instead he removed them from the garden he covered them with the skin of an innocent animal sacrifice but in eternity there's unrestricted access because the problem of sin has been solved And we're in the new heaven and the earth, and and there are still Gentile nations, and the raptured church, the body and bride of Christ. We are the new sons of God, so we have glorified resurrection body like the Lord Jesus. We can pass through doors, we can travel at the speed of thought. But these nations, they have natural bodies that have to have energy. So this fruit is for the therapy of the nations to stay whole. So there is a new heaven and a new earth but on that new earth are the old nations of people who compose the family of God even though they might not be part of the body of Christ <clears throat> okay i'm going to i'm going to hit hit a road bump now and the back door is going to fly open and a bunch of money's going to drop out and it ain't loose change and you're just going to have to get whatever you can so everyone from adam to enoch One part of the family of God, Enoch to Noah, Noah to Abraham, Abraham to Moses, Moses to Jesus, tribulation saints, millennial saints. Those are the seven parts of the family of God. And in the Bible, they are defined by seeing wedding guests, friends of the bridegroom, concubines, virgins, queens, the bride, and the groom. And I I know we look at it, you know, in our society thinking we're so civilized and we say, well... How come God allowed men to have concubines? How come he allowed them to have concubines then? Which was a monogamous relationship and, and we ask that question then all of our society is just shacking up and not having fathers for children. So okay, concubine had a monogamous relationship but no inheritance was passed to those children. Okay, well that's kind of like that's kind of like Adam to Abraham relationship no inheritance and then you got starting with Abraham no all my inheritance is going to pass through you guys so okay uh, only we the bride get the body of Christ the same body as the bridegroom who is Jesus We get the same body he came out of the grave with, but while others do get eternal life, it is in a body like what Adam had before the fall. Last time we saw the great white throne judgment of unbelievers, and they were given a body appropriate to their eternity. But what about the nations at the end of the millennium who did not rebel? Well, they are still earth dwellers, and while there is a sense in which they have... Glorified earthly bodies like like Adam before the fall. It is not a glorified heavenly body like the bride of Christ gets, so they have to be maintained. And it's the same principle as Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, which he had cut off access to after they sinned. So we will have a body that can navigate the cosmos without a spacesuit. We can function in dual environments for what we need to accomplish for Christ in eternity. But Israel and the nations, they function on the earth in an earth suit, which suits their eternity and eternal purpose and is maintained with this fruit. So the river of life on each side has a tree of life. Each month there's a different kind of fruit for a different nutrient. Apparently there are 12 vitamins in the eternal state. So there's distinct sufficiency. But number three, it is not without endowed service as perfection is restored. Verse three, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And number four, intimate sights as position is restored. Verse four, and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. So we will all be active and busy in our spheres. And finally this is number 5 we find in light and sovereignty as perspective is restored verse 5 there shall be no night there and they shall need no candle neither light of the sun for the lord god giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever You know god created the sun and the moon for the earth after lucifer fell but he will no longer work through those means he becomes the means himself Verse 6, and he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. John the Apostle is writing the final word of the Bible. Nothing after that, no Quran after that, no Book of Mormon after that. No other No. No other. No other shysters works after that. I'm just saying. It's it's just not there. But in order to understand the final word of this book, so the book is the Bible, the words of this prophecy is the book of Revelation, and in order to understand this final word, how to relate to it, how to prepare for it, the Bible ends with four final exhortations. So these are the four final words. These assurances include two words of comfort and two words of caution. The first word of comfort comes from the final angel, and it's this. Number one, the final prophecy of the Savior's sudden return, verse verse uh, 8. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. And he saith unto me, See thou do it not, for I am my fellow servant." And of the brethren of the prophets? I mean, back when you were down on earth, you were created a little lower than us angels, but ain't so now. And, and, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. You know, we've been kind of talking about prophecy, but here's the thing that everybody misses. The book of Revelation is about worship. It's not about, I mean, it contains prophecy, but it's not about prophecy. It is about worship. You know, and not not the every hair in place type worship. You know, that's why, you know, Brandon was like, man, I don't know, we're missing this person, that person. I don't even know how how praise is going to go today. And I'm like, no, it all. you know, the Holy Spirit's the one. It always goes good because we're not an every hair in place type. I'm not an every hair in place type preacher because I no longer have every hair. (laughs) And uh, we don't have, you know, every hair. No, no. maybe Brandon is every hair in place, but... But, uh, you know, we're, we don't, that's, that's, that's not, not the way we have to roll. So once you believe this, that the book of Revelation is really about worship. You understand what we are reading as real for your future. As real as you sitting here right now. Verse 10, and he saith unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. If people do not heed the words of the Bible, that's bad. But if they don't heed the words of this prophecy in the Bible, the truth for our end times, then they will continue in eternity in an unsafe state. And did you know, and this is our third point for study, that the only way for you to change... The only way for you to have sustained change is not through counseling, medications, or therapy. It is only through reading, heeding, and trusting the Word of God and letting it do the work of making you like Christ. Believe the Bible, and you will change some things because the Bible will change you. Second word of comfort comes from Jesus Again, And number two, it is the final proposal of the sinner's sure redemption. There is a reward to those who are righteous in Christ. Righteousness gives you rewards in the eternal state. It gives you certain rights and privileges. Watch verse 12. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. And that's a special all-access season pass to Disney World with Line Hopper Plus options. But you have to read, heed, and trust now in order to have any kind of access then. Do you know him? Have you prayed and asked him to become your Lord? This is the final proposal he makes to you today. And notice first letter A. It is a satisfying choice. Verse 15. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. All the people who ever hurt you and do not repent they're not part of this eternity because they are still under eternal judgment. So second, letter B, it is a seeking choice, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Well, that means revelation is about the future, not just about the future, but it's also about a future for the church. And Jesus may be the sun in the heavens, but he's also the root and the fruit of the ground. And while a root is buried where no one sees it until it starts bearing fruit, a star is placed where everyone observes it. So I make a final proposal to you today, and that's letter C that it is a saving choice. With all the last things of the last chapter of the last book, comes a final wooing appeal. Because the saving of sinners is the reason for it all. Verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. That spiritually flows to you right now through the words of this book. So the final word is for all comers to become all takers. Jesus and John are ending this prophecy like I end my preaching with an evangelistic invitation open to all who want to be saved. Come now, because to now you come without cost. Because the entire price was paid by Jesus in his finished work. And after two words of comfort, come two final words of caution. Number three, the final prohibition against scripture's sinful revision Not only the invitation to salvation must not be tampered with, but the entire scripture must not be changed. Watch verse 18. For I testify, and every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Okay, wait. If you add the Quran after Revelation is finished, you're cursed. If you add the Book of Mormon... You are specifically singled out for plagues. And if you believe those false truths in these end times, you will be condemned to go through the tribulation. But that ain't all. Verse 19, if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Okay, now wait. The prophecy of this book, the Bible, is Revelation. Revelation is the prophecy of this book. But the book of this prophecy is the Bible. Okay, so the book that the prophecy Revelation is contained in is the Bible. So do you know what every modern translation does to biblical authority? They remove words from your Bible, casting doubt on the biblical authority of the last half of Mark chapter 16, the first half of John chapter 8. Oh, and they, you wouldn't buy their Bible if they totally left it out, so what they do is they put it in brackets or read the footnote. And they tell you plainly, this wasn't part of the word of God. Now, that's according to the estimation of unsafe scholars who view the Bible skeptically and not believingly. So, so, we have made it nearly impossible for you to know the certainty of the words of truth in our generation. So they want you to believe in evolution, not creation. They want you to think the Holy Spirit abdicated his role for 18 centuries, that he may have inspired the Bible supernaturally, but we don't have the originals, and he did not preserve it for 1,800 years. And we only just recently have started digging through mummies' noses of all places to discover it. I am not making this up. Oy vey. They want you to view your Bible skeptically, not believingly. You you know what? You can't remodel the Bible. You cannot renovate scripture. You cannot add to it or dilute it because number four, there is a final prayer with the Saints' supreme request. You say, Alan, I don't agree with you on this Bible thing. I mean, this—you are such a minority of a minority. And I know the churches you run with, the groups you run with, Living Faith Fellowship. Those churches, I know they believe this, and that's—I know that this the people who preach at all church retreat this week. I know they believe this, and Joe McKay, who will preach here next Sunday, I know he believes this, and I know they believe that. But Alan, I don't—I can't walk with you in that. No problem. Verse twenty. He which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. And then we will find out whether or not I am right in having the same view of scripture that David had of his scripture in Psalm 119. And we will find out if God is okay with you accepting an uncertain, relative, and constantly moving definition of scripture with no biblical authority. And make it sound spiritual by saying, well, only God is the authority. And, and yet you accept that idea at the hands of unsaved scholarship. All I say is Revelation 22, verse 20. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That is both a supplication and an anticipation. Amen means let it be. Let it be so. Make it be It is the same word Jesus used when he said, verily, verily. Come, Lord, is the Greek translation of the Aramaic phrase Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 16. Maranatha. Jesus says, I'm coming soon. John says, verily, maranatha, Lord Jesus, I'm ready. But are you ready? Are you ready? We took 12 messages for 22 chapters and the last verse in the Old Testament, the end of Malachi, closes with dreadful words. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse, Malachi 4.6. So until Jesus, the Bible never gets any further than a curse. But the last verse of the new covenant is one of grace. You know, if you want to make yourself cry sometime, Go on YouTube and watch the videos of our servicemen and women who return to their family unexpectedly and watch the family at the ball game and they're being honored at the ball game and then their dad just pops out of the dugout, (laughs) comes out and hugs them or watch the child at school, I mean, apparently Skyping with their parent and thinks they are thousands of miles away. Then her mother steps out from behind the screen. Jesus is coming like that. You think we're Skyping today. You don't know how close he is. I'm not saying he's going to jump out today, but I'm saying he could. We see him in his word. We talk to him in prayer. But we are anticipating the day that we see him in person. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Do you long for Jesus to come? Or are you uncertain about whether he's coming for you? Some people have no hope. Some people have false hope. And some people have an uncertain hope. Well, Jesus is my hope. And I don't want you to leave today without the assurance of hope that you have eternal life in Jesus Christ. If you are not certain that you are saved, would you pray this prayer after me and just take and drink of the water of life so that you will have right to the tree of life? Oh God, I need you. I want the Holy Spirit in my heart right now so that I go to heaven when I die. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you for paying my sin debt with your heart's blood on the cross. By faith I claim that right now and I receive what you have done as being personally for me. Come into my heart. I give you my life. Forgive my sin and cleanse me from every unrighteousness and make me born again. What's going to solve all of my shame? What's going to solve all of my regrets? Everything from the past that comes back to haunt me? It's when I come to the stake of the cross and I drive a stake in the ground, and that stake is the cross. I never have to go back prior to that. The good thing about the cross is it moves with me. And it's, and it, and it's here right now. I don't have to go back to the mistake I made yesterday. Because the cross, it's under the cross, and the cross took care of that. So if you prayed like that, I want you to thank him by faith. Don't look for a sign or something supernatural. Just just come up here and let let us rejoice with you and thank him with you. And tell you how to grow in your faith. So we're going to have the praise team sing us out. Go ahead and stand if you would. And, uh, you know, Brandon, can I ask, what had you planned to sing? Uh, whatever you want to sing. Well, blood, the blood. The blood. See, that's what I figured. Now, see, some of the, as a matter of fact, quite a few of the praise team on the platform today were not back with us back in the day. When on some Sundays, the praise gets so good. I just say, come back and do that song again or that chorus again. You know, just praise team, come back up and do that. That was back when we had a little more time between services and you know weren't quite so constricted. So, so let me pull one of those and say, uh, can we sing out today to no other name? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess I shouldn't just ask you. Could we sing out? <laughs> I mean, uh, 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 and, and I love the blood. Is, and that really, that's kind of an invitation song. But I'm going to trust this. If you're making a decision today, you made it. You made it already, and you need to let us know. So I'd like to sing out to no other name. And uh, after the next service is our pre-retreat meeting. And I'm going to say this. Don't feel left out. Why don't you come out, even at the last minute, And let us see if there's a place for you to take the place of somebody else who had to cancel at the last minute. And uh, so this Wednesday night through Saturday morning, out at UCM in Warrensburg, and then next Sunday, our follow-up with our special guest speaker. So if you've gotten saved, you've not yet gone all in by proclaiming it in baptism, come up and let us know after we get done with this song, because we're going to do baptisms next Sunday. If you want to be a member of our church by transfer letter or statement of faith, come forward right now. The altar is open if you want to come up and pray.